So, a little reminder, last week we spoke about what to do when you go through some storms. We looked at the fact that the disciples were caught on this boat, a major storm had hit them, and uh, they forgot something very important. They forgot that Jesus was actually on the boat. They forgot that the Savior, Jesus Christ himself, the one whom they had seen raise uh, people from the dead, they have seen people being healed, they would seen all kinds of great miracles, they forgot that Jesus was on the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to tell you, but I know it's the truth we too often forget that Jesus is on the boat with us. Here's the good news though. If, you, if you're going through a storm, understand this, we're all going through a storm. Every single person that I know of, including your past year, we go through storms, we go through battles, and all of us on occasions tend to forget that Jesus is with us. Hence, what a great opportunity for us on this Sunday, uh, on that Monday that you're listening to, that we can encourage each other and remind each other, hey, don't give up. Why? Jesus is on the boat. So we learned this last week when trouble is headed our way, always do what Jesus did. I said it, I encouraged you last week as well. We wear these bracelets. What would Jesus do? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us not to just to see that as a fancy saying or as a good saying. It's time for the church to live it out. We should be asking ourselves that question every day. What would Jesus do, especially in the time of storms? One thing we notice about Jesus, he had peace. My prayer is that in the midst of whatever storm we'd be facing, we would seek after peace. Don't seek after uh, uh, the solution as much as what we seek after the peace. I always said this, uh, always look for the giver and not the gifts. Because if you find the giver, you get the gifts. Always seek the giver. Number two, we said this, he always provides a way of escape. I love that, my God. I love Jesus Christ because he never leaves us. Uh, he never abandons us. He's always there with us and he always provides a way out. Mark chapter 4, 35 said this, <clears throat> On the same day when evening had come, he had said to them, and I focused on this last week, I want to focus on it again. Let us, come on, listen to those words again. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Note the words, let us. So here it is. Jesus says something. He, he says to you, I will save your family. He says to you, I will be your provider when you have a need. He says, I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will cause you to preach to nations. I will uh, cause your business to be a kingdom business, blessing to the kingdom. I will bring you that wife that you've been praying for, that husband that you've been praying for. You will have a child and, and you get all these promises from God. Let's be honest. God's promised us some good things, but as soon as a storm hits us, what do we do? We forget we forget the words that jesus spoke when his disciples heard it they heard let us not jesus us jesus included them in the plan to get the other side jesus by the way ladies and gentlemen is not a liar he's not a man that lies so when he promises you something his promises are yes and amen but that does not mean that there will be no storms of course there will be storms and this leads me to my third point and so important god <clears throat> is not moved by the adversities we face, and neither should we. You see, we are often moved. We are often shocked. We, we are often in a place where we can't believe what's taken place. We are taken by absolute surprise, and that's natural. But we've got to understand something. There's a powerful verse in the Bible that says we are now in Christ. So if we're in Christ, even if we're shocked, even if we're moved, we've got to know something, that we are surrounded by Jesus Christ. So if God is not moved, 
We don't have to be moved in the midst of a crisis. Let me give you an absolute fact. Now, if you're listening to me, this is absolute truth. If you are doing, now I want you to hear this. Come on now, focus. Are you with me? I'm just checking. Focus, listen to this. If you are doing what God has called you to do, fulfilling the vision for the life that God has given you, being obedient to the direction that He's placed in your life, doing everything that God has called you to do, I want you to hear the absolute truth. Stuff will still happen in your life. Storms will still come. You've got to understand something. The enemy will not sit idly by when he hears the promises of God over your life. He's not going to go, oh, that is awesome, so great. God, you've got a great call on that guy's life. Yes, he's going to do some wonderful things. He's going to cause many of the people that I want to take to hell to come into heaven. Oh, that is amazing. You've got to understand something. The enemy hates that. The enemy hates the fact that God has got a plan for your life. The enemy hates the fact that God has promised that he's going to be a provider for you. The enemy hates the fact that God is for you and not against you. He hates the fact that God wants to bless you. So do you honestly think he's going to sit idly by and go like, yes, yes, Jesus, take the whole group to the other side so that thousands of people will come to know Christ. No, here's the thing. He will do his best to interrupt. He will do his best to send the storms, the wind, uh, hardships, uh, coronavirus, you name it. He will send things to try and disrupt the things of God in your life. Do not be surprised when these things take place. Don't be surprised when those things take place. We need to be surprised when God does not show up because here's the thing God will always show up his timing is not my timing but his timing is perfect timing you got to get yourselves ready someone here listening to me today you got to get yourself ready because there's a breakthrough coming don't give up don't be dismayed don't look to the left or right but keep your eyes your attention focused upon Jesus Christ and remember he is on the boat with you the disciples were with Jesus 24 hours a day seven days a week Yet they even forgot that Jesus was on the boat. Now I remember flying to a flight from Durban to Johannesburg. And I was seated, you know what I'm talking about. If you fly, you know what I'm talking about right now. You know when you want to go and you want to sit down, you want to read a good book, you just want to relax, you just want to fly peacefully to wherever you're going. And you happen to sit next to a gentleman that is talkative. You know those type of people. They just talk, 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 talk. So I was sitting next to this guy and there was a seat between us. So he had the window, I had the aisle. And all of a sudden this guy just talk, 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 talk. I'm like answering, answering. Until, no jokes, absolute truth. Until he asked me the question, what do you do for a living? And I answered him, well, I am a pastor. Did you know that immediately the conversation ended? I've, I, I promise you what he did was he took out his book. He turned his back on me and started reading the book. He was like highly offended. He was sitting next to a pastor. I'll never forget that. I thought, well, if I knew that would shut him up, but I've told him already, I'm a pastor, quick, quick, and it would have been done. So we're in the middle of the flight. We, we're literally drawing close to Johannesburg, and all of a sudden, we hit turbulence. Ladies and gentlemen, I have never been in a plane with such bad turbulence in my life before. Literally, and I'm not joking, the plane literally fell. It was flying and fell for about two seconds. Now, two seconds might not sound long, but trust me, when you're in an airplane, two seconds is a long time. We just fell. I'll never forget that experience. The light started to flicker and, uh, I, and people screamed. Uh, in fact, the people in front of me, they vomited. That's how bad it was. You know, in an instant where this guy turned his back on me, read his book the first thing he does when we fall and things go wrong in the plane the first thing he does is hey pastor you better pray for us i'll never forget better pray for us 
Here's the thing. Why I say that is it's amazing. When we hit turbulence, someone who was obviously far from God knew he had to turn to God. We as Christians, we know God. We know that God is God. Why is that we turn to everyone else except for Him? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you in the midst of the storm, turn to Jesus Christ. We will all go through turbulence and that will force us to look to the one who is unshakable. I'm going to say that again. Ladies and gentlemen, we will all go through moments of turbulence that will force us to look to the one who is unshakable. Isaiah 41 verse 10, the message translation says this, Don't panic, I am with you. There is no need to fear, for I am your God. I will give you strength, I will help you, I will hold you steady. And I love this part, it says, I will keep a firm grip on you. Even in the midst of personal storms, ladies and gentlemen, God has a grip on you. I want to I, I set someone free here today. I love this because we often say, to those who are struggling, I've said it to myself, I've said it to others. When you go through a hardship, just hold on to Jesus. Now that's a good saying, it's a great saying, but can I say something? We are putting all the responsibility on ourselves. Just think of it, think of it for me, just go with me for a moment with this. Hold on to Jesus, it sounds so great, but in our own human strength, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever watched a movie where someone falls over a cliff or, or and they're just hanging on for dear life and someone sticks out their hand and you, I don't know if you can see on the camera, but all of a sudden you see the grip it starts to loose and loose and eventually the person falls down and they're like, ah, and they die. Have you seen that before? Why? Because even though they were holding on tight, the grip began to loosen. Ladies and gentlemen, I love the fact, I love the fact, and I want to bring comfort to someone here today. Even though I at times cannot, listen to this, even though there are times I cannot hold on anymore, I praise God that He has a grip on me. I praise God that He is all powerful. He is so strong. My Father in heaven is holding His Son, His Son Ryan today and his grip is a firm grip he will never let go he will never let us fall i want you to know something yes hold on to jesus but rather have jesus hold on to you come on church it's time for us to put our dependency upon jesus christ don't put it on the bank don't put it in the government don't put it in the hospitals we've got to put our trust back into jesus because he is holding on to us he's got a grip on us come on that should excite you that should build you up that should get your confidence going that should do something in your spirit to cause you to jump up in your lounges to shout amen press the heart put a comment there allow jesus to hold on to you yes hold on to him but rather have him hold on to you number four when in the midst of all the of storms we have to call upon the lord ladies and gentlemen you can call upon the south african government as much as you want you can call upon Fully's church as much as you want. You can call upon your mom, your dad, your uncle, your aunt, the Romans, the countrymen. You can call upon anyone you want to, but they cannot help you. Jesus can. Jesus can. When troubles come, we, who will you call for help? I remember the old song, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, remember that? Well, some of you are like, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, I'm just showing off my age there, okay. But here's the thing, we're not going to call upon anyone else but God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 86 verse 7 says, In the day of trouble, in the day of trouble, I will call upon you 
for you will answer me. Come on, think about that. In the day of trouble, in the moment of trouble, guess what? I'm not, I, that's when I call God. You know why? Because He answers. If you need the peace of God in your life, if you need deliverance from the storms, listen to the words of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12. Amplified version says this. Then, listen to the words. This is God speaking, by the way. This is not Ryan. This is God's word. Take this as God speaking to someone here today. As you're listening to me, this is God's word to you today. Then you will call upon me. And you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will, come on, I love this, I will release you from your captivity. Oh. Jesus brings freedom. For someone here today, you need to be set free. Jesus is your freedom. You can go to any, uh, any AA meeting. You can go to Narcotics Anonymous. You can uh, live in a church building. Let me tell you, it will not help you. You need Jesus in your life. You get Jesus in your life, He will set you free. Trust me. So right there where you are, if you're battling with an addiction, you're battling to overcome something in your life, call upon Jesus. Right there in your lounges, in your dining rooms, if you're in your back gardens, I don't care where you are, you call upon the name of Jesus and you will be set free because He is powerful. Number five, when you rely on the word all your fears will leave the Bible is powerful ladies and gentlemen I don't know how many times I've preached about the Bible I've preached using the Bible I've preached about the Bible uh, people if I ask a normal Christian hey do you believe that the Bible is powerful every Christian would be like yeah absolutely then you ask the question how often do you read the Bible uh well, you know, life's busy. No, it's not that busy. We just went through lockdown where you were forced to do nothing. Why have we not read our Bibles? You see, the fact is the Bible is a source of truth. Now, here is a revelation, ladies and gentlemen. You can't quote what you don't know. Come on. You can't quote what you don't know. Here's the thing. When the enemy attacked Jesus, when the enemy tried to tempt Jesus, he returned firing the word of God. When the enemy attacks us, what do we quote? We quote uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. We quote Nelson Mandela. We quote Mahatma Gandhi. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for the church to start quoting scripture again. It's time for us to actually say, if God is for me, who or what can be against me? It's time for us to quote the words of Jesus Christ, that he will be with us in the midst of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible can only be a comfort, comfort to us if we actually know it and hear it. You see, the disciples on the boat forgot that Jesus always accomplished what he purposed to do they saw him listen to me they saw him heal the sick they saw him provide supernaturally they saw him have authority they saw his authority in action they saw him cast out demons left right and center yet they forgot the current word the word which is a now word which was what i will get you to the other side we will get to the other side you know what i love about this book called the bible it is the truth circumstances 
curses don't make it void, but this book has the ability to change lives, to change marriages, cause those who are lost to be found, to reveal the heart and purposes of God. Come on, church. It's time for us to get back into the Word of God. It's time for us to actually allow the Word of God to flow in us and out of us. Take Listen to this. And why I know the Word is powerful, especially when it's spoken, listen to this. Mark chapter 4, 39. In the midst of the storm, Jesus is woken up. He gets up out of the boat. He starts. He walks outside. The storm is harsh. And guess what he does? He says this. He awakened and rebuked the wind. And he said, listen to me, said, he spoke to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. When God speaks, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something, things happen. Right from the beginning, when we read in the Word of God in Genesis, it is amazing that God didn't just think about the world. He didn't just physically do something about the world. The Bible says He spoke and then it was created. Ladies and gentlemen, you, we need creative, we need God to create stuff in our lives again. How He's going to do that? We need to speak God's word in a moment of crisis. Number six, when facing the storms of life, tell your storm. This is an important point. We're probably going to end off with this point. This is important. In the midst of the storm, tell your storm and those in your boat to be still. Keep quiet. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes you don't even have to tell your friends to keep quiet because when there's tough times... You know who your real friends are. <laughs> they tend to scatter. But there's times when you're going through a tough time, we have to choose carefully which voice we want to hear. Never let the second voice distract you to know what the spiritual truth is and your ability to allow God's power to work through you. You see, in Mark chapter uh, 34, verse 39, Amplified says this, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, this is the Amplified version, Hush now, be still, be muzzled. And the wind ceased, sank to rest, as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. You see, when Jesus said, be still, the literal Greek translation for be still means to put a muzzle on or to gag. The first thing Jesus does when he enters the storm, he says, peace and be still. You see, here's the thing we've got to do in most storm situations is simply this. We need to quieten muzzle, gag the voice of the enemy. You see, often the devil will not speak to you physically by himself. He will use people around you. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in tough times. But in these times, isn't it so sad that the church would rather listen to the voice of television news, would rather listen to the voice of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, compared to the voice of God. I want to give you some advice that I believe can change your life. You see, for many of us, we are reading the newspapers. For many of us, we, we are reading all these negative things that are coming into our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, if, 
there's a little saying, rubbish in, rubbish out. And the problem is today, the church has forgotten that Jesus is on the boat. The only thing I can compliment the disciples about, the only thing in this whole circumstance, was the fact that they went to Jesus. Was the fact that they woke him up. You see, they could have chosen to keep on listening to the, the sound of the wind and the storm. The sound of each other being panicked and not knowing what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a choice. As you're seated there in your lounges and your buildings today, you have a choice to whom are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice of coronavirus? Are you going to listen to the voice of those doom, doomsday uh, speakers in the world today? Are you going to listen to the voice of the newspapers, Twitter, Instagram? Whose voice are you going to listen to? Sure. On another point, have you ever thought about how you want others to perceive you? What you want them to say or think about you? Truthfully, I can think of several ways I would like to be spoken of, but none more satisfying than what is found in Mark chapter 4, verse 41. After Jesus gets up and he confronts his storm, after he quietens all the, the, the noise of the wind and everything that is attacking him, even after he quietens his disciples, I love their response. Mark chapter 4, 41. I'm going to read from the message translation because it just describes it beautifully to us. It says this, They were in absolute awe, staggered, saying, Who is this anyway, that the wind and the sea at, is at his beck and call? Who is this man? Wow. Now, some of you might be saying, Yeah, but that was Jesus, Ryan. They saw, they saw Jesus, how he handled the storm. Now go with me. I'm ending now. I'm ending now. This is important. I want you to catch this. You need to get this for someone that's going to set you free. There's a lot of people out there like, but Ryan, the disciples, they, they, they're describing Jesus. They're describing how he handled the storm. That's Jesus. This is me. This is Ryan. I, I'm in the middle of the storm, and I'm not Jesus, so I don't know how to handle things. This is what the Bible teaches us. Jesus actually said these in, in John 14, verse 12. I assure you, I promise you, that the things that I do, you will also do. And even greater things than these. Why? Because he's gone to the Father and he's given us the Holy Spirit. So ladies and gentlemen, if the disciples could look at Jesus and how he handled the storm, the world should look at you and me. Stand in awe. Stand back amazed at how we approach the storm and how we overcame the storm. I want to set someone free here today. You're in the storm for one purpose only. Hear this. I'm ending off with this. I'm going to pray a blessing over someone here today. Hear this. You're in the storm for one purpose only. That is to overcome the storm. The storm that you're in 
has not been sent to overcome you. The storm you're in has not been sent to destroy you. The storm that the church is in at the moment has not come to, to destroy us and to break us down. In fact, the storm has come to elevate Jesus in you. The storm has come so that people can see that the God that you serve is still all-powerful. He is still great. He is still overcoming. He is the victorious one. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. You see, the storm has come to highlight Jesus in us. People need to stand in awe of the church. People need to stand in awe of your business. They've got to stand in awe of your health. They've got to stand in awe of the way you approach the storms of life today so that people can know that Jesus Christ is still Lord through your life. So today, really look at the storm. Stop everything. Quieten the voices all around you and look at the storm in a very different way. Why? Because Jesus has commanded us to get to the other side. He's going to carry you through today. So right there where you are, I want to pray that God's strength will be revealed in you. Quieten those voices. Come on, church. Remember that Jesus is on the throne. You ready? Are you ready for this prayer blessing? Because if you are, right there, I'm going to ask you to be different. Last, this, this whole service is going to be different. I don't want you to sit down on your couch now. I want you to stand up. The Monday crowd, I want you to stand up. Come on, get up, stand on your feet. I believe that's symbolic. For someone here, it's symbolic. You've been sitting down. You've just been accepting this whole thing. It's like, oh, well, life is bad. Life is this. Life. No, no, stand up, stand up. As a sign that today we're standing up to the storm. Not in your own strength, not in your own abilities, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for us as we stand. We do not stand in our own strength. We do not stand in our own power and our own capabilities today. Just like the disciples on the boat, Lord Jesus, we call upon you. We ask, Lord, that you would stand up. You would rise up within us. And, Lord, we would also say the words that Jesus said over the storm. Peace and be still. Be gagged. Quietened down. I thank you, Lord, that you have the ability to muzzle the wind today. Now I pray, Lord, that the church of Jesus Christ all over the world will begin to stand up and, Lord, show the world who you are in the midst of the storm. I thank you that the storm has been created not to destroy us, but to showcase the power of Jesus Christ. I pray for healing. I pray for a total mind change. I pray for businesses to prosper. I pray, Lord, that the church of Jesus Christ, Lord, will continue to grow. I pray that anyone listening to this now who does not know you would know that Jesus is life. He is love. He is everything that we have need of today. And I pray, if anyone's listening to me today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you today to take the most boldest step you've ever taken and to say, Lord, I need you. Come and save me in the midst of my storm. And I promise you, the Bible makes this promise. It says this, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So call upon the name of Jesus right there where you are. There's two types of salvations I'm talking about. One, the salvation of etern to eternal life, where Jesus will give you eternal life. It doesn't matter what, over, what happens in this world because you are not of this world anymore. So if you have never given your heart to Christ, do it now. Just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, 
forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me a child of the living God. That's the first one. The second salvation in the midst of the storm. Believer, I want you to know something, that today that storm is going to set you up for victory. So call upon Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm and see how he will deliver you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to seal this moment. We want to declare your goodness and your greatness in the midst of the storm we face. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in the house says a big, loud, come on, amen.